notes. <laughs> Cookbook by Vincent Price. <laughs> Ready. Welcome to None of This Is Real. It's a podcast uh, about mysterious and weird stuff. I'm Doomsday Domini. I'm Sarah Sinkhole. And we are recording from the RV for the first time in like 20 some episodes. I thought you were going to say 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> yeah, if we sound more giggly than usual, it's probably because we have to make a lot of eye contact. I'm looking at you. <laughs> so weird. Oh, no. I'm this not is... on Skype. I'm looking in your face. <clears throat> I could reach out and touch you if I wanted. Please do. Oh, also, it occurred to me earlier in the week that we, if someone's just starting listening to this podcast, they yeah. would have no idea why you're Sarah Sinkhole and I'm Doomsday Demeaning. They probably wouldn't have any idea why we call people turkey buzzards or why we do pretty much anything, because I'm not sure I know. You just have to go back and listen to the other episodes. Start from the beginning for our origin story. <laughs> our origin story. I will tell you that I'm spiritually prepping for Doomsday, and I'm ready to go. Anytime, take me. I'm just sinking down into a hole where there's just a lot of the human condition you're in the human condition hole mm-hmm. and i've i like we've said on a previous episode as well i always have one foot in the ether and i've got two feet in a hole <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have balance up in here it's very balanced as long as we don't move it won't get hot i think it was like 98 degrees today it was really hot today. that was the, the the highest temp that we reached here in kakalaki oh yeah so i drove down the mountain to sweat. Come down the mountain, sweat, and get eaten by bugs. Get et up, as they say. So did anything mysterious or weird happen to you lately? Oh my gosh. I actually have a lot of things, and I don't know which one to say, because they're all pretty good. But I did. I do want to tell something that happened at the beach. We were sitting on the porch of the beach house with my sister's in-laws. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and these four pelicans flew over, and about ten seconds later, we heard this very loud like splatting slapping sound and then my sister's father-in-law starts going huh and touching his head and his shoulder turns out a pelican laid a huge duke on him and it got on my niece's high chair and i was like what are the odds that that the duke would fall right onto your head sir i feel like you know maybe you needed a wake-up call yeah it's not trying to tell you the pelican's trying to tell you something sir but then we looked it up and it turns out in turkey it is good luck to get duked on by a bird especially a pelican i would think that's a lot of duke and it smelled like rotten fish it was well <laughs> it was mysterious <laughs> and weird and gross that's nasty, and I love that story. Yeah, it was really nasty. And then the other weird thing that I wanted to talk about was that we went camping this weekend, and... You saw Bigfoot. I wish. We were sitting at the campsite, getting everything set up, and I looked down on the ground, and there was a fake, like, a, a fake leaf on the ground, like a cloth leaf. And <laughs> I looked at Lauren, and I said, you see, this is a fake leaf, and we're in the middle of the forest, like a forest park off the parkway. And I said... Um, I'm having a little bit of existential crisis right now. And then Lauren said, are we in the Truman Show? Yes, we are. None of this is real. No, not even the friggin' leaves are real. (laughs) That's why we had to make a podcast about it. Yeah, so bird dukes and fake leaves. It's been, it's been an odd, odd couple weeks, I guess. So much nature for you. Yeah. That's not natural. I don't want it in my life. (laughs) Um, so what's the weird thing that happened to you? Well, I spent... 
last night with my parents, and they are they are just jokes, 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 jokes. They're Those a couple two. of jokesters. They are so funny. They are pretty funny. My mom said she was listening to one of our previous episodes where we talked about Baxter the Upcycling Spider. Oh, yeah. And how we saw Daddy Longlegs pull an onion skin into its hole, and we joked that it would make an onion rug. And mm-hmm. my mom said, I wanted to... I wanted to say something. I wanted to interrupt and say it was a jeweler and it was making onion rings. <laughs> onion rings. Oh my god. Kathy. Kathy. And then my dad, we were sitting outside and my mom said, "I like to sit out. I like to come out here in the dark and turn off all the lights and look up at the stars." And I said, "And you like to have a séance." And then my dad just starts going, "Yonks." Oh, my Lanta. Your parents, what are they doing? Are they, like, working on their materials? That's some next-level parent jokes. Yaunts. <laughs> well, Don't first, say yaunts, Bob. For a second, it sounded like he was making a proclamation. <laughs> yaunts, I say. Say yaunts. <laughs> oh, what a goober. Cha-cha-cha. Oh, my God. Indeed. Well, we have lots to talk about tonight. We maybe we should get to it because I should. have like six pages. I know. I saw notes. you had. I said earlier when I saw your typed out paper. It straight up looks like a paper that you wrote for school. I immediately got anxiety. Like, oh my god, I was supposed to write a paper. I wrote my paper, <laughs> which is how it usually went back then. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't write my paper. Oh no. Do we have anything to? Oh, we have a tweet to read. Oh yeah. I want to read you. We the tweet. The tweet. We, I'm going to weed to tweet real quick, and then we can start talking about pirate lore. Oh, yay. But first, we got this wonderful tweet. We are N-O-T-I-R, yes, N-O-T-I-R podcast yes. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Dun, da, da, da. Where's the tweet? This is the song I sing when you're looking for a tweet, and I don't feel like talking about anything. <laughs> Okay. Here's the tweet. This is a tweet from a user called "Ghosts are the result of too much math." I agree. That is an episode (laughs) we could do. And they said, "Stumbled on the Notir podcast, and I'm believing all over myself." Okay, not really, but they're really funny, and you got to get that NC twang, (laughs) y'all. That is there. That is a thing. My twang, our twang. Well, you, you, you sort of lost your twang a little bit when you came home. I think every time you've come home, it creeps back in the there The twang bit. is always just under the surface, you y'all. You can take the girl out of Kakalaki, but you can't take the twang out of her. That's something that people say. Yeah. What are you looking at? I thought I heard a buzzing, and I was afraid a wasp was trying to get in here. Yeah. Well, last time we were in the RV, we got, or one of, it was the first time we were in the RV, I think. We got yeah. scared by a cat. We got scared by a cat? We did both. You were so scared, mm, Sarah. Yeah, I was very <laughs> frightened of that cat. And uh, one of the other times, the shed man of Greensboro was lurking in the backyard. And so. there's two sheds behind us right now, so. So if the shed man appears in this podcast, don't be scared. He's cool. Yeah. Probably. He's Joel. It is my dad. He's not here to interrupt. We'll see. A little bit. We'll see. <laughs> Joel doesn't come knocking on the RV door. Are you in there? Well, I so, need some cheese. That's what he texted. He was texting me about cheese. He never texted me anything, like, "Hey, daughter, I love you." He's like, "Are you going to Walmart? Will you give me some of that good cheese?" Oh my goodness, that good Walmart cheese! It's that Cabot Creamery cheese. It is really good. Cheese. It's when what's you... for dinner. 
Okay, well, would you like me oh to go God. first? Yeah, let's get back on the rails. <laughs> we're not talking about cheese, although I could for a long time. We're talking about pirates, and while we originally were going to do strictly North Carolina pirates, I found some pirates who spent a little time in North Carolina, but their story mainly takes place all over, so... I guess I'll allow that. Okay. And your pirate is more of a North Carolina legend, so... That's true. We learned about it in fourth grade, like when you learn your state's history in fourth grade. And ours included pirates. How fun. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other whitewashed bullshit. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to tell you the thrilling tale of Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed. Ooh. And it's a long thrilling tale, so I'm going to try and be very efficient about it. Okay, just talk really fast. That'll make for great podcasting. Okay, so my sources are smithsonian.com and... Oh my god, stop. I can't stand it already. <laughs> My sources were smithsonian.com. There's an article called If There's a Man Among Ye, the Tale of the Pirate Queens and Bonnie and Mary Reed. And I also watched a couple YouTube videos. So. You always watch YouTube videos. I like that. It helps me absorb the information. <laughs> there is a little bit of conflicting information about these women. So what I tell you is the popular lore about the famous female pirates who have sailed the seas the seven seas i don't or know just a few of them just three or four three and a half seas they say three sailed. and a half seas so the origin of these stories comes from a source document called a general history of the robberies and murders of the most notorious pirates with a y nice by captain charles johnson and some people think that that could be a pseudonym for the author of robinson crusoe daniel defoe whoa that's cool yeah so, in, in that was written in 1724, but if you look at the story chronologically, it might not match up to the lore. So, we're going to... I'll ask you if it's real at the end. Okay. Gotcha. And you can tell me what you think is real. So... I'll tell you all right. Anne Cormac was born in Ireland around 1698 to her wealthy attorney father, William Cormac, and the family maid, Mary Brennan, with Ooh. whom he was having an affair... That's not cool, William. So William made a baby with the maid, and this uh, rightfully prompted his wife to leave him. Bye. Bye. So William, though, became fond of his daughter. I would hope so. (laughs) Well, you never know. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And he arranged for her to live with him. So to avoid scandal, he dressed her as a boy and introduced her as the child of a relative who was entrusted to his care. I don't know how that helps you avoid scandal. Yeah. But what scandal are you hoping to avoid? That you had a young daughter living with you that wasn't... Either way, how do you prove it's not yours? I don't know. <sighs> what, anyway. What year was this? 17... Or 1698. Yeah, you could just say born. whatever you wanted back then and people were like, okay, yeah, yeah sure, sure, why not? I don't need any proof of that. Yeah. Where are the receipts, William? <laughs> so, when Anne's true gender and parentage were discovered, so the ruse didn't last very long, William, gotcha. Mary, and their child immigrated to what is now Charleston, South Carolina. So Mary, the maid, she died in 1711, at which point teenage Anne began exhibiting a fierce and courageous temper, the article said. Nice. You're right? She sounds pretty cool. She reportedly murdered a servant girl with a knife. Never mind. I take Mm -hmm. that back. Sorry. A kitchen knife. Way too soon. I should wait before I say if someone's cool or not. With a kitchen knife. But also... She severely beat a suitor who tried to rape her. Okay, that part I'm on board with. Why are you killing servants? I don't oh, know. Oh, man. Yeah, see, I'm now conflicted. Now I'm just so conflicted. I don't know what to think. 
So obviously, William disapproved of his daughter's rebellious ways, as you would. Um, I feel like murdering someone is a little bit <laughs> rebellious, rebellious ways. ways. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of glossing over that a little bit there. So there were always rumors about her carousing. I didn't write that word. I want to carouse. Carousing. In local taverns and sleeping with fishermen and drunks. And the rumors okay. damaged William's business. Oh, fuck oh, that. poor William. Um, are you remotely concerned about the damage you did to your own child by dressing her up like a boy and no and uh, involving her in scandal so William finally disowned her in 1718 because she oh. married a poor sailor by the name of James Bonney so Anne and her new husband set off for what is now called Nassau in the Bahamas where James became an informant turning in pirates to the governor and collecting the bounties on their heads. Now her husband's a rat? Yep. And the governor was a former pirate himself. That's not surprising. So he had the inside scoop and he comprised a most wanted list of ten notorious outlaws, including Blackbeard, and vowed to bring them all to trial. Nice. So that's what her husband was doing, colluding with the governor. And Anne was, like, not really turned on by that. She... No, she has... Uh, a rebellious spirit and she wants to murder people. <laughs> yeah, so she's not really on board with this whole law-abiding yeah, bullshit. Yeah, sounds like she'd be more on the pirate <laughs> side for sure. So while her husband was snitching out pirates, Anne spent most of her time drinking at local saloons and seducing pirates. Right. So, okay. They were doing kind of... Jeez, Anne. Yeah. And in, in the source document, A General History of Robberies and blah, 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 the author claims that James Bonney once surprised her lying in a hammock with another man. Oh, no. Not my hammock. Yeah. That's <laughs> awkward. So, Anne... In more ways than one. Anne became especially enamored of one particular pirate named John Rackham, a.k.a. Calico Jack, a nickname that he earned due to his affinity for garish clothing... It sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Anne left her snitch husband and joined Rack- joined Rackham's crew. So Rackham's crew. Oh, Rackham's crew. Rackham's garishly dressed crew. <laughs> uh, one legend holds that she launched her pirating career with an ingenious ploy, creating a corpse by mangling the limbs of a dressmaker's mannequin and smearing it with fake blood. When the crew of a passing French merchant ship spotted Anne wielding an axe over her creation, they surrendered their cargo without a fight. Oh, so she was pretending to murder. I thought you were going to say she like faked her own death, but mm-hmm. what you're saying is she pretended to be in the middle of committing a, another murder, and they were like, oh my god, that lady's terrifying, bye. The th- the take, my, of, take my stuff. The fear of God is now in me. The fear of Anne. Yep. So here's a little side note and something that will make you mad. Pirates oh. typically did not allow women on board because women were considered bad luck on ships. They were historically forbidden from sailing on ships because captains believed that their presence would anger the sea gods who would cause rough waves and violent weather. And an alternative explanation might be that bringing women on an extended sea voyage would be distracting to the all-male crew and probably cause problems for the women as well oh that's like, what this i can't even begin to talk about any of that so i'm just gonna um let everyone feel the palpable rage and annoyance that's just probably coming through the airwaves Seething through the microphone mm-hmm. right now through your podcast app here it is <sighs> 
That's Sarah's so good. sound. Yes, it's very good. It's really... It's kind of like... It's just like in now at school, if a girl wears a, God forbid... Oh, your bra strap is showing. Yeah, a bra. I'm sorry, I'm wearing a bra. What do you want me to do? I Take can't it not wear a bra. Swing around my head. That won't be distracting. <laughs> okay, so therefore women would sometimes disguise themselves as men to work on a ship. Female God, that had pirates. had been a disgusting place, though. Just a boat full of men for months. No thanks. Just dudes on a boat. Now I'm being sexist, I guess. Dudes but... on a boat. Oh. So female pirates were definitely an anomaly, and they were a perceived liability. And Blackbeard, for one, banned women from his ship. And if his crew took one captive, she was strangled and pitched over the side. But Anne Bonnie, our girl, refused to be deterred by this shitty way mm-hmm. of thinking and she so she joined Rackham's crew and she was said to have silenced a disparaging shipmate by stabbing him in the heart man she's very stabby he was like I don't like women and she was like well here's a stab in your heart here you go <laughs> now you're dead you don't like anything so fuck off <laughs> enjoy that now accounts vary as to how Anne met her good friend Mary Reed according to the document Rackham's ship conquered Mary's ship somewhere in the West Indies, and Mary was among those who was taken prisoner. Anne, who was dressed in female attire, tried to seduce the handsome new recruit, because Mary was dressed as a man as as well. Okay. And Mary informed Anne that she was actually a woman and bared her breasts to prove it. Look at my titty balls! I'm a lady! And so Anne vowed to keep Mary's secret, and the women became best friends, and depending on the source, lovers, maybe, we don't know. It doesn't sound like either of them had any qualms about the moral ideas of the time. Yeah. So they probably wouldn't have given a shit about that. Plus, like I'm saying, you're on a boat with a bunch of dudes. Who's going to be the most attractive person to you on that boat? The other lady. The woman, (laughs) yes. So they had Solidarity. a lot. They had a lot in common because Mary also had scandalous circumstances around her birth. Her mother's first child by her husband. So this was in wedlock and all that. Okay. But her mother's first child was a boy who was born shortly after her husband died at sea. So she was pregnant. He went out to sea. Unfortunately, the husband died. died. And baby then they, the baby was born. Okay. So her late husband's mother. So her her mother-in-law took pity on the widow and offered support. She offered support for the grandson until he was grown. However, he died. The little boy died. Yeah. Poor Mary's mom. And then, so Mary's mother quickly became pregnant again on purpose. It seems gave birth to Mary like as fast as one can. Yeah. And in order to keep receiving the money that she needed from her husband's family, she dressed her daughter to resemble her dead son. Oh, wow. That is... So she was being dressed as her dead brother. Like a fucking Lifetime movie. Isn't that crazy? So... That's really creepy. And so Anne and Mary were both dressed as boys for different reasons as... uh, As children. As children. But... God, what was going on back then? People soon caught on, and the deal was terminated. Then Mary's mom stopped getting the money. And to make ends meet, Mary's mother continued dressing her as a boy and occasionally rented her out as a servant. Okay. I thought you were going to say something much worse, but... No. That's okay. So Mary was pretty good at... okay, but... Well... (laughs) I didn't mean that. Sorry. It's better than what you were thinking. Yes, it is. 
So around age 13, Mary served as a powder monkey on a British man of war during the, sh- the War of the Grand Alliance. So I guess... That- Everything you just said it sounds like something from like a <laughs> fantasy pirate novel that's not real. Right or like say, a, a powder monkey on a man of war during the what, huh? During the War of the Grand Alliance. See? Yeah. That doesn't sound real. (laughs) It doesn't sound real. And so she carried bags of gunpowder from the ship's hold to the gun crews. So she just was fetching the powder. Well, my dad would call it a gopher. Yeah, she was a gopher. Go for this. Go for that. Go for that gunpowder. Go for that gunpowder. And then she, after that, she joined the Army of Flanders, whatever that is, serving in the infantry and the cavalry. And she fell in love with her bunkmate and divulged her secret that she was actually a woman. So that whole time she was living as a man. Mm-hmm. And she was dressing as a man. Okay. And working on ships and things. Okay. So initially that soldier who she fell in love with suggested that Mary could just become his mistress and keep the keep her secret, but Mary refused and insisted on a proper marriage. And okay. so she quit the army and married the soldier. However, Guess what happened to the poor soldier? He died. He died. Yeah. Not long after. Everybody so. died. Back I know. Then. Everyone, everyone died back then. <laughs> now we don't do that anymore. <laughs> so passe. Um, so after he died, Mary resumed her life as a man and sailed for the West Indies on a Dutch ship, which was soon captured by English pirates. The crew, believing Mary to be a fellow Englishman, encouraged her to join, and that ship belonged to Calico Jack Rackham. So here we are, okay. come full circle. Now they're now they're together. So nobody, so on Jack Rackham's, Calico Jack's ship, no one really suspected Mary's true gender, like I said, um, because Anne was keeping her secret for a long time. She was aggressive. She was ruthless. She was always ready for a raid. She swore like a drunken sailor. Okay. Mm-hmm. She wore loose clothing to hide her breasts, and nobody, I guess nobody realized her lack of facial hair because a lot of the shipmates were young or in their early 20s, and they didn't always have a beard, so yeah, nobody I feel like, really... I feel like when women um, live as men, for whatever reason, during all the weird historical stories like this, that it is always like they pretend to be someone much younger than themselves mm-hmm. for that reason. I've often wished I could grow a beard, and I thought when I was little that I could just like, ah, really hard and just like make it happen. <laughs> just push the hairs <laughs> out. It never worked. No, I'm sorry. We can make When you I go a... through menopause, I'll, I'm sure I'll grow a beard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just channel all that hair up to yeah. your face. Anyway, I'm just talking about all the weird things. <laughs> so after Jack discovered Anne's relationship with Mary, he was originally jealous. He threatened to slit her throat, and then Mary eventually opened up her blouse and showed him the boobies, too, and said, hey, I'm not a guy that's fucking your wife. And then, like, every dumb idiot dude, they're like, oh, this doesn't count. It's hot now. Yeah, some people say, <laughs> I wrote, some people say they became a thruple. <laughs> so, we don't know. God, how filthy was everyone? I just keep thinking about how dirty everybody is on the boat. I'm just like, ew, the smells and the... The nasty sea dirt. God, I'm grossed out. Okay. Like the salt water and fish smells and... Pelican shit. But anyway, yeah, they, they kept treating her as an equal. So Rackham wasn't, apparently, according to this lore, he wasn't a huge sexist. He was like, all right, cool, you can still serve on the ship and whatnot, and every now and then... Or he just thought it was hot, right. He probably thought it was hot. (laughs) So, it said, the the legend goes that during battles, Anne and Mary fought side by side, wearing billowing jackets and long trousers, (laughs) and handkerchiefs wrapped around their heads, wielding machetes and pistols. Okay. So, now I'm going to tell you how this story kind of 
takes a turn. One night, sailing off the coast of Jamaica, Anne and Mary were on deck when they noticed a mysterious ship gliding up alongside them. They realized it was one of the governor's vessels, and they shouted for their crewmates to stand with them. A few obliged, Rackham included, but several had passed out from the night's drinking. That was dumb. Uh, dummies. A handful of pirates fought the enemy sailors, but they were outnumbered, and Rackham signaled surrender. Anne and Mary, however, said fuck that surrender bullshit. <laughs> I'm not doing that, thank you. And they remained on deck and faced the governor's men alone, firing their pistols and swinging their cutlasses. Mary, as the legend goes, was so disgusted that she stopped fighting long enough to peer over the entrance of the hold and yell, If there's a man among ye, ye'll come up and fight like the men ye are to be. <laughs> Just like that. That sounds very apocryphal. Like... A woman pretending to be a man is yelling at a bunch of men to be men. Yeah. When not a single comrade responded, she fired a shot down into the hold, killing one of them. Anne, Mary, and the rest of Rackham's crew were finally overpowered and taken prisoner. Calico Jack Rackham was scheduled to be executed by hanging, and his final request was to see Anne. She had only one thing to say to him. If you had fought like a man, you need not have been hanged like a dog. Dang. Cold. Roasted, as my son would say. <laughs> ro 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 roasted <laughs> That is pretty... That's sad and, and funny. We're laughing, so it must be funny. So ten days later, Anne and Mary both stood trial at the Admiralty Court in Jamaica. Both of them pleading not guilty to all charges... Anne and Mary were found guilty and sentenced to be hanged, but their executions were stayed because, as Lady Luck would have it, they were both pregnant. Oh. Oh. So there must have been some thruppling happening. Something was, <laughs> something was going on. Someone was doing some something. Someone was doing some something. Yes, let me tell you about God, the birds and the bees. You are so articulate. <laughs> Will you, when it's time to teach my son all about that, I'm going to get you to come over and say, you see... Some people do some things, okay? And someone was doing some something. And, and that's how you were born. And then, boom, there's a baby. <laughs> that's how it goes. And also consent. Well, yeah. You got we it? Are, we already talk about consent just yeah. on the base level of just touching and, you know, listening to people when they tell you, I don't like what you're doing. That's a whole... God, I don't even want to think about it. Okay. When someone's doing something, make sure they want to be doing the something before you something. Oh, my God. That's it. That's it's what you got to say. short and sweet and very, very clear. <laughs> it's very obvious what I'm saying, isn't that? Okay. All right. Here's the very end of the story. I didn't take too, too long. So okay. No, no, you're doing great. So after that, legend has it that neither one of them were ever executed, but that Mary died a violent death oh. in the Jamaican prison where she was being held, and Anne's father bought her release after her child was born. And yet another version of the tale goes that the two broke out of prison and moved to Louisiana together. Well, I'm going to choose to believe that part because I don't want I don't want anybody no more violent deaths in this story, please. There's enough stabbing and cutlassing and other things. Yeah. So they they lived a nice quiet life together. I want to believe that. Um, yes, I'm going to choose that ending for my movie inside of my head. Or, you know, Thelma and Louise. What's happening over there? Taking my shoes off. Oh, man. Oh. I said, I was like, what is the relief? There's the sound. Are you pissing in my RV? So, uh -huh. yeah. I have to ask you a question, Sarah. Yes, you do. It's part of the show. Is any of that real? Mm, like I said, I'm going to choose to believe that they lived a long, happy 
remainder of their lives in Louisiana. I do believe they were real people, and I do believe people were so terrified of other people's judgment that they did weird shit like dress their daughters up like dudes, and they were so desperate for money, same thing. Um, so yeah, I guess probably a lot of it is apocryphal as far as what they said and little details like that. But mm, I think it's pretty real. Me too. Yeah. I love that story. It's a great story. It's inspiring. I'm going to go out and stab someone in the heart now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Kidding. I am I, not a pacifist. I wouldn't go that far, but I don't like violence. Unless it's necessary. And then I will fucking stab you in the heart. <laughs> With a spatula. Ow. That would really, that would take a lot. I'm thinking about that way too much. Thanks. From Spatula City, our sponsors tonight. Oh. Are you really enjoying None of This Is Real? You know, the podcast you're listening to, but you kind of wish you could get paid to listen to it? Well, the PodCoin app actually pays you to listen to this podcast and all your favorite podcasts because it's the podcast player that pays. You heard of it? If not, don't worry. Super easy. Just get the PodCoin app on iPhone or Android, sign up, and start listening to podcasts. You'll earn PodCoins. You'll either earn gift cards or you can donate to charity. It turns your podcast listening into actual dollars. I use the PodCoin app now to do all my podcast listening, and I love it. Go on there on your app store, your Android store, whatever store you got going on over there, and check it out. Use the invite code NOTREAL, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for signing up with the PodCoin app using the code NOTREAL. Goodbye. Okay, so you have a pirate story for me, yes? I do have a pirate story for you. Oh, first I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about, I guess, before I tell you what my sources are. I'm talking about someone you talked about, briefly. Blackbeard the Pirate. Blackbeard. Yeah. Which is what we learned about in fourth grade, like I said. So, my sources are OuterBanksBlue.com, QAROnline.org, which is the website for the Queen Anne's Revenge Project. You should check it out. It's really cool. NorthCarolinaGhost.com, ThoughtCo.com, AmericanFolklore.net. Now there's a loud noise behind me. NCBeaches.com. Come to North Carolina beaches, y'all. Come down to Dirty Mert. And, of course, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Indeed. All right, so Blackbeard the Pirate... And the graveyard of the Atlantic. So North Carolina's outer banks are, as you know, I'm going to tell you anyway, but I'm mostly talking to turkey buzzards. They are a long and narrow strand of little small islands stretched out into the Atlantic and curves around, hugging the coast. Like a little baby. Oh, that's so nice, (laughs) y'all. Like a watery hug. This part is not so nice. So there's a lot of boats that wreck there. From the earliest years of colonialization, that's a word, right? Colonialism. You know, white people doing white people shit. Right through to World War II. And even to this day, even with modern things like radar and sonar, it's really hard to, um, to be safe from the dangerous graveyard of the Atlantic. Because storms will push you off course and sweep the boats down to the outer banks where they're beaten by waves, scuttled onto rocks, sometimes leaving survivors, but oftentimes not. Not so much. Mm. Not so much this time, guys. And because of the way that the islands hug the coast, there is a... The breakwater between the isles and the mainland has lots of hidden coves and lagoons. 
perfect places for pirates and other criminals, so a pirate could slip in and out of the area pretty easily. Because there's all them nooks and crannies. And pirates are real slippery. Slippery pirates all up in that cranny. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You're welcome. Okay, so... That's probably the reason that the Blackbeard chose to live on one of the islands, because he could hide out there really easily while he was taking breaks from wreaking havoc and pillaging, plundering, and stuff that pirates do. Carousing. And lots, so much carousing, and, and uh, what was it? Hellion binges Hell- of joy? Hellion binges of joy. <laughs> so he would attack passing merchant ships, and steal all their stuff, and then sell it all to all the townsfolk along the Outer Banks, which actually helped the local economy, so the local officials... We're like, well, oh, that's fine. I didn't see that happen. I'll let that which slide. Similar to your story, which is just a bunch of crooked people that are like, I'm benefiting from this, even though it's illegal. Who cares? Hasn't much really hasn't changed anyway. No, it's the same. So not this is not necessarily re- related, but I thought it was really interesting, and now I want to make a bunch of friends that live on the coast so I can call them this. But the people who lived along the edge of the graveyard of the Atlantic were known as bankers. Bankers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because before all the vacation homes and tourists, it was really mostly just shacks and poverty. And so the bankers took advantage of the consistent shipwrecks and sketchy salvage laws. And after the boats and ships foundered and wrecked, they would go out to the boat and take whatever washed up or scrounge from the actual wreck itself. They would collect things like furniture, expensive cloth, barrels of wine and spirits, luxurious clothing, artwork, and decorative objects. I love the word scrounge. Scrounge is such a good word. Scrounge. There's a place in Asheville called Scrounger's Paradise, and I couldn't remember the name of it the other day, and I was texting Jay, and I was like, oh, you want me to meet you at Scrounge Lounge or whatever? <laughs> scrounge Lounge! So, I really like it. I can only call it the Scrounge Lounge. Come on down to the Scrounge Lounge, y'all. So many spatulas at Scrounge Lounge. So anyway, uh, because they did these things, the bankers, they also got the nickname Land Pirates. Ah. Which just sounds like, it's nice, but it's also kind of like, you're the lame versions of pirates. Like, you're just on the land, so it's not that cool. So that's enough geography and backstory. Let's get to the gory, spooky stuff. Let's get to it. And a handful of actual factual facts known about Blackbeard. So... Was Blackbeard a bloodthirsty killing machine with 14 wives and all the treasure who lit his beer on fire to appear worse than the fury of hell or not? He lit his beard on fire? Yes. What a dummy. That's how the story goes. Don't do that at home, everybody. Do not. I mean, you know. Do not do it. It might be kind of cool looking. I, I say don't. I say do what thou wilt. I <laughs> know you always do. So no one is really sure of... Um, what Blackbeard's real name was. When I was a kid, we were told it was Edward Teach. Mm-hmm. That's what we were Which taught. Which is a creepy name. I don't like that. Edward Teach. It, yeah, it sounds like a name of a... I just picture a very pale, creepy dude in an old suit. I, fe- I feel like it's a guy with very long fingers. Ew, no. Mm-hmm. Let Edward teach you something. No, don't, Edward. Salad fingers. All right. <laughs> so, um, his first name was Edward. Maybe. It could um, also have been William, apparently, according to some of the websites. So Edward William Teach, his surname was not really Teach. It could have been Thatch, with or without a T, or Titch, or any other thing that sounded close to Teach. Okay. So Edward William Thatch Teach Teach Teach. Because everyone was drunk, and so you couldn't really tell exactly what. And none of them could spell. Yeah. Correct. Half of them were only half literate, probably. I would imagine. 
They just wrote an X for their name like they do in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it is said that his place of birth is generally placed at Bristol, England around 19... No, not 1980. <laughs> that would Those, be a no, much 1980s were nuts, 1680! I was born in the 1980s! Jesus! All right, 1680. Again, that's debatable because everything in this guy's story is debatable. But some people said he died when he was 38. And most people do not think he was that old. So nobody knows shit is what I'm saying. He was more likely in his late 20s or early 30s and had only been pirating for one or two years. Um, some places said 27 months. It's a very exact answer. Yeah. So historians are pretty sure that Blackbeard could read and write, which means that he probably came from a well-to-do family in England. It is thought... Notice all my very sure language here. It is thought that he fought for England at one time during Queen Anne's War at the beginning of the 18th century. But he was later probably a a privateer, which is the same thing as a pirate. You just have like a pass, basically a hall pass to go do this. You have a letter of mark, which allows you to attack and seize the ships and cargo of a hostile nation. So it is known. This is apparently known, this is one of the known ones, guys, get ready, that around six, no, dang it, 1716, 1716, Blackbeard, centuries, right, I don't know what I'm talking about, y'all, it's probably pretty obvious, so, in 1716, Blackbeard teamed up with a dude named Captain Benjamin Hornigold, wow, that's a great name, yes, I think so too, who was a famous pirate who worked in the Caribbean, Later that year, Hornigold... Oh, really? Yes, and it was really cool. You should have seen it. Everyone play it backwards. Mm, Don't. That probably said something really gross. In 1716, the same year Blackbeard joined up with him, Hornigold accepted a pardon. I did it. From the governor of Jamaica and gave up that pirate in life, y'all. He said, I am done. And one of his ships joined with Blackbeard. So he had two ships under his command. And they, while they were small boats, the old adage proved to be true. It wasn't the size of the boat, but the motion of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Or, in this case, the aggression of the pirate. In November of 1717, he used his aggressive tactics to seize a French slave ship called La Concorde that was carrying 16 cannons, a crew of 75, and 455 slaves headed for the Caribbean. Sixteen cannons. (laughs) And that's what they sang the whole way. So I did read this thing that I'm, and I would like to be, you know, schooled if I'm wrong, if this article is wrong, but I thought this was interesting that a large portion of the vessels passing through the Atlantic at this time, their cargo was enslaved humans. Oh God. So while intercepting a slave ship, pirate crews would routinely free the slaves. Um, because there was such a small chance of them ever being able to make it back home from wherever they had been freed, they were offered the opportunity to join the ship's crew. And many of them took that offer. Yeah, I mean, it's better than the fate they were... I mean, that's probably the best a pirate could have done for them out in the middle of the sea. Yeah. So records show that as much as half of any given pirate ship's crew in the early 18th century would have been composed of freed Africans. Even Blackbeard's trusted second-in-command who died fighting with him at Teach's Hole was one of these men, known as Black Caesar. So that part is true. Thank you, Wikipedia. Because Black Caesar was an 18th-century African pirate. For nearly a decade, he raided shipping from shipping vessels from the Florida Keys and later served as one of Blackbeard's crewmen aboard the Queen Anne's Revenge. Cool. 
He was one of the surviving members following the battle that resulted in Blackbeard's death. Surviving is not really the right word because he was captured, convicted, and then hanged in Williamsburg, Virginia. So he survived the battle, but he didn't survive much longer after that. Mm. So anyway, back to the story. They captured the French slave ship, right? And so Blackbeard took the cannons off the smaller ship and put them onto La Concorde, the French ship. La Concorde. Concorde. That was good. Oh. We're so good. We're so worldly. And then gave the small boat to the French crew and landed the slaves at a small island um, in the Windward Isles. Islands, excuse me. So armed with between 25 and 30 cannons, they changed the name of the La Concorde to... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, French. So, so sorry. To Queen... I'm not really sorry. I can make fun of French people. Okay. They, they like me already. Mm-hmm. We're I love you. Because I have hairy armpits. Um, anyway. You so just the, made them mad again. Yeah, they did. So the name was changed to Queen Anne's Revenge, and Blackbeard was now in possession of one of the most powerful ships in the Americas. So here's where we get to the beard fire. The story... <laughs> I can't the, wait. The legend goes that he had a huge, black, wild, and unruly beard that came almost all the way up to his eyes, and he would twist colorful ribbons into it. And before a battle, he dressed all in black, strapped a bunch of pistols to his chest, and put on a large black hat. Then he would put slow-burning fuses in his hair and beard, which constantly sputtered and gave off smoke, which wreathed him in a perpetual greasy fog. Mm. That, combined with the six pistols, a buttload of knives and swords, and his impressive stature, made him quite a frightening adversary. To further add to his badassedness, that's a word that I typed out, his flag, I love, shows a skeleton spearing a heart with one hand, and the other hand he's toasting death. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty badass. You should look, uh, maybe we'll post a picture of his flag. Um, what, so I, was he hot? I mean, he must have been very hot with all that clothing on and the fuses burning <laughs> on his face. <laughs> that giant beard. I like to picture him as hot, but, you know. I think all that pirating, you'd have to at least be fit. You'd have to be pretty he'd fit. He'd probably be pretty fit. So if you had most of your face covered in a beard, you if could... He had, Halfway decent eyes, whatever that means. <laughs> if you got decent eyeballs, and if you don't have little beady eyes or something. Even, you know. Hotness. Yeah, he was very hot. Let's just pretend like he was. Sure. So I learned about that, that uh, legend in fourth grade, and it forever painted a mental picture in my mind, which is probably one of the reasons that I love all things dark and dramatic. So, because a damaged ship was less useful to pirates than an undamaged one, if... And if a ship sank in battle, all the stuff on the ship would be lost. All the treasures and decorative items would be lost. So instead of fighting and killing and trashing everything, pirates sought to build a frightening reputation, which is kind of like what uh, Anne did with the dummy. Yeah. So you just want—you really just wanted people to think you were going to kill them. So they pirates sought to overwhelm their victims and just be as scary as possible. So there is no record at all, even though he's called the most, one of those bloodthirsty pirates when you read legends about him, there is no record that ever in his boarding ships that he actually ever killed anyone. Wow. Yeah. They didn't keep great records on a ship, though. True. Is the thing. True. It could be very apocryphal, but it seems like if you're, if you're trying to be terrifying, you want people to think you've killed people. Yeah. He, he definitely stabbed a scullery maid with a kitchen knife, too. Oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, Pete, there was a lot of stories about how many wives he had, and he would kill one, you know, and then move on to the next one when he got bored. I don't, I don't think any of that's true. 
That was just legend. Yes. Scary legend. Yeah. Not that I'm saying he was a great guy. He's, like, so cool. <laughs> that beard is so hot. The explanation was for never having to kill anyone was because he was so terrifying he never had to. Ah. So everyone was so scared of this, like, giant smoking guy covered with guns and knives, which sounds pretty good. Um, So he never had to kill anybody, apparently. Good for him. So for years after he got the Queen Anne's Revenge, he did a lot of pirate stuff all up and down the East Coast and all over the Outer Banks. A giant, fearsome dude pillaging and terrorizing, yada, 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 you get it. I'm not going to go into all that. So in 1718, not that much time has passed, he attempted to enter Old Topsail Inlet in North Carolina, which is now known as Beaufort Inlet. During that attempt, Queen Anne's Revenge and the Sloop Adventure grounded on the ocean bar and they had to be abandoned. At this time, there was a guy called Captain Ellis Brand of the HMS Lime who wrote about the two ships on July 12th, 1718 to the Lords of Admiralty. All this stuff sounds so made up. All right. In that letter, Captain Brand stated, On the 10th of June or thereabouts, a large pirate, with a Y, ship of 40 guns and three sloops in her company came upon the coast of North Carolina where they endeavored to go into a harbor called Topsail Inlet. The ship stuck upon the bar at the entrance of the harbor and is lost, as is one of the sloops. Blackbeard's piratical... Piratical? Wow, what a great word. Is that how you would say that? I I wrote it, and then I didn't think about how I would say it with my mouth. (laughs) Piratical. Blackbeard's piratical career ended six months later at Ocracoke Inlet. Ocracoke Inlet. I don't think I enunciated that. On the North Carolina coast. There he encountered an armed contingent sent by Virginia Governor Alexander Spotswood. Hmm. Which sounds like you have a dirty wiener. All right, and led by Royal Navy Lieutenant Robert Maynard. So Robert Maynard also wrote about this, and I really like this part, which could also be apocryphal, but it's still great. At our first salutation, Maynard wrote, Blackbeard, quote, drank damnation to me and my men, whom he styled sniveling puppies, saying he would neither give nor take quarter. Sniveling puppies? I'm totally going to start calling people that. (laughs) In a desperate battle aboard Maynard's sloop, Blackbeard and a number of his fellow pirates were killed. And when his body was inspected, it was noted that Blackbeard had five gunshots and 20 dismal cuts in several parts of his body. So they really messed him up. Mm. When Maynard returned to Virginia with the the surviving pirates and the grim trophy of Blackbeard's severed head hanging from the sloop's bowsprit? Bowsprit? I don't know boat words. (laughs) That thing that comes down to the end of the boat. They they hung his head on there, y'all. So when they got mm, why the fuck did I just say I don't know that's you're I'm I'm a little creeped out it's getting kind of dark in here so when they got back to Virginia he took Blackbeard's head off that boat part and put it on a pole overlooking the southern end of the Chesapeake Bay to deter any current or future pirates that is nasty and the head sat atop that pole for many years until it disappeared now I have a, a couple um mysterious and weird things because that's what we do here so after his skull disappeared years later it showed up again at a pub in virginia lined in silver and being used as a goblet what how do they know it was really his head they don't because it 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 ended up 
and it is now in storage at a museum called Peabody Essex Museum in Salem, Massachusetts, where they used to display it as Blackbeard's skull. And then I guess enough people were like, for real though, like for real though, that they said, all right, fine. So it's in storage. I want to see it. it I do too. It may or may not be Blackbeard's head. And after his death, reports of Blackbeard's goats, ghost began. His goats? His goats. He had so many goats on that boat. Boat goats. <laughs> Those boat goats. Oh, God, I love a boat goat. All right. His friggin' ghost. <laughs> reports of his ghost began in the 1800s. Locals reported seeing and hearing an epic battle with ghostly ships. <laughs> <laughs> and men waging war against each other near Bath Creek and the inlet. Massive balls of fire were also seen moving back and forth across the water toward the ships. Like a Jerry Lee Lewis song. <laughs> so the story goes that after his, after Blackbeard's head was cut off, they threw his body overboard and the body swam around the boat three times and the head hanging on the boat yelled down, Come on, Edward! to his own body. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the body sank. I drew a picture in school. It might have been fourth grade of a big boat and there's Blackbeard's headless body is floating in the water. I really liked the story a lot when I was a kid. It's a great story, but imagery. So from, from, it's a lot of imagery for sure. From then on, Blackbeard's ghost has haunted a place known as Teach's Hole, which it sounds kind of, like I said, Teach His Hole, which mm -hmm. is... Teach a it porn to do what? name, yeah. I'm gonna teach his hole. All right, gross. I creep myself out. All right, so he's he's looking for his missing head, like, uh, as you like do. you would. Yeah, 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 of course. So sometimes the headless ghost ghost <laughs> <laughs> floats on the surface of the water. Ghost floats. Oh, that's a. We should make a a parody of Hope floats. <laughs> ghost with Blackbeard. Go goats float. A headless goats float around. I'm just kidding. All right, stop it. Sometimes the headless headless ghost floats on the surface of the water or swims around and around, teaches hold, glowing just underneath the water. Sometimes a strange light, known as teaches light, is seen coming from the shore on the Pamlico Sound side of Ocracoke Island. On nights that the ghost light appears, if the wind is blowing inland, you can still hear Blackbeard's ghost ghost calling out where's my head that seems like such an obvious thing to say like couldn't he say something Donde a está mi cabeza? yeah he didn't even probably know a little spanish come on eddie. maybe eddie teach come on old edgar edward william thatch teach teach titch so anyway that's the end of my story it's spooky that's right a good story. are you so scared i'm really scared so is any of that real Yes, I think he did swim around without his head, for sure. That's totally believable. That's the most believable part of the whole story. I Never. love that image. Oh, is any of it real? Uh, yeah, I bet, I'm sure he did look really fearsome, and that's why he was such a notorious pirate. I think I'll, if you're not even from North Carolina, you know who Blackbeard was, right? Right? It's not just us, is it? Maybe. I don't know. I have. I am biased because I'm from here and I was taught it in fourth grade so I think everybody must know because he's so cool. They get you early when you live in North Carolina. I feel like that is that the year like federal federal schools you know this 
it's all the same. Maybe everybody learns about their state's history in fourth grade. Yeah. If you do, please tell us about your cool story. Yeah, if you have heard of Blackbeard and you're not from North Carolina, I mean, God, it just seems so obvious, but maybe it's only because we're from here. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he looked really fierce. I would, lo- I would love to see the sparkly beard situation and how... No, it makes me want to find somebody I know with a beard and be like, can we just try something real quick? Can, you, can I just put these slow-burning fuses in your beard real fast? I swear you won't catch on fire. Let's see what else might have been real or not real. I don't know. I, I kind of believe the thing about... I mean, I'm not sure how many people he did or didn't kill, but I, it makes sense that you would want to be terrifying so that you wouldn't have to shoot cannons at the boat you're about to try to steal. Maybe he didn't like killing people. Or maybe, maybe it was all Blackbeard about... was way cooler than we thought. Or he killed a bunch of people. We'll never know. Nope. I think someone's doing fireworks. It's July 3rd! You noobs! So, <laughs> but we could ask we could ask Blackbeard if any of that is real if we have a seance. Oh no. Yawns! <laughs> I had to do it. You made me. I had to set you up for it. Damn it. You bobbed me. I bobbed you. Hey, Sarah, you know what? What? With so many CBD products on the market nowadays, it's really hard to know what to choose. Oh my god, it's like so hard. Well, I chose the best one. It's Green River Botanicals because they offer high-quality, high-potency, full-spectrum tinctures made from CBD hemp grown right on their farm. They also offer topicals. Every step of the process, from the greenhouse to the final product, is done with care and transparency. Lab results for each product are available on their website so you know exactly what you're taking. And not only are they conscious about your well-being, they make the environment a major priority. That I like. Yes. I will not be smarty pants about that. All of their packaging is sustainable from recyclable glass bottles to plant-based labels. And for every item sold, they donate a tree to be planted. A tree? How cool. A tree. I also have topicals, which you use, That's right? what I got. I got a topical. I'm, I'm going to tell you something topical about the topicals. I got the herbal healing salve. And not only does it smell good, and it doesn't make your glasses all smudgy when you touch your glasses with your hands because it <laughs> absorbs right into your skin. But it really works. I have all kinds of things wrong with my hands. I've got cysts in my joints. I, I think I'm getting arthritis because I'm getting old. Oh, um, but I rub it on my hands every morning and the swelling goes down and my joints feel like I can, you know, do stuff again. That's so awesome. It's pretty great. I like it. I love it. I use the CBD tincture and I've, you know, I've always had like kind of a hard time sleeping since I was a kid. Mm, yeah. I do know about night. that. Mm-hmm. I feel that. You were there. Mm-hmm. Well, now I take a little bit of that at night and it totally calms my anxious brain that won't stop thinking and I fall asleep. It's so amazing. I love it. That is amazing. Sounds great. So if you're looking for a reliable CBD product from a company that cares about you and more importantly, the planet, go to GreenRiverBotanicals.com and use the promo code not real that's greenriverbotanicals.com promo code not real n-o-t-r-e-a-l one word y'all for free shipping on your first order you're welcome you're so welcome anyway pirates and and neither one of us made any pirate voices which is good i think we got to the end without doing any Oh, or man. making any Pirates of the Caribbean references. Was that a missed opportunity? No. I think everyone okay. listening is like, thank God, or goddess, or science, or whatever you think. 
You know what's funny? I forgot the magic eight ball. So I'm gonna. I'll actually look one up on my phone. It won't be the same. It's not our beloved magic eight Can ball. Can you do that? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, there's a magic what eight technology. Ball. Am I right, guys? You just like do anything with your phone. So, I do have a magic eight ball here. Okay. Via the internet. Let's ask the magic eight ball a question. What is there anything you would like to ask the magic eight ball? Mm, did. Anne and Mary end up in Louisiana and die of old age with their babies. Okay. Magic 8-Ball of the internet. Did Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed live out their lives happily in Louisiana and have their babies? Oh, ask again later. Okay, well, how much later? Well, (laughs) let's ask another question, then we'll ask that one again. Okay. I have a question. Okay, ask it. Did Blackbeard keep goats on his ships? <laughs> Probably. I feel like that would be a useful thing to have on a boat. You can make milk and then you eat it later. Magic 8-Ball says, don't count on it. Aw, come on. Man, I was just looking excited about boat goats. <laughs> Didn't we also talk about tunnel goats once? Yeah, we did what? talk about tunnel goats. What is that? What are we doing? Goats are funny. I, lo- I want goats. Comedy gold. Okay. Comedy gold. Oh, no. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Make um, it stop. I think it's later. So. Okay. It's definitely later. Magic eight ball. Did Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed live out the rest of their lives happily in Louisiana with babies? Oh, my reply is no. Fine. Um, come. This magic eight ball sucks. Well, and it's on the internet, so of course it sucks. <laughs> If you want to tell us... What did you learn in fourth grade in your state? (laughs) Yeah, we need to know. Who's your black beard? Who's your black beard? Who's your black beard, baby? And then, yeah, any other weird and mysterious things? Did a pelican shit on you at the beach? Did your mom and dad tell you, like, the worst jokes ever? Because we want to hear them, I guess. I guess. My eyes are going to roll out of my head. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, did something spooky happen to you, or do you not believe in spooky stuff at all, and you got, like, a cool explanation for something? That's cool, too. We like that. Science, y'all. Blind us with science. Please. I don't want to see anymore. If that, if any of that applies to you, or anything else you want to write us, write us at noneofthisisrealpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please follow us on Instagram, where you will experience an eyeful of nonsense it is definitely nonsense yeah we promise you that you can also write us on on uh, in our dms about your spooky stuff too if you feel like doing that instead or on twitter tweet at us because i don't know what i'm talking about i've never done twitter before i'm intimidated well I'm, overwhelmed I'm, I'm here for you okay walk me through it hold my hand okay i will um yeah oh if you want to rate and review us that'd be really cool too oh, we would really appreciate that it's helpful it's super helpful. It helps people find us. And if you can check out our Patreon page, we have a lot of weird gifts for you. Yeah, maybe we could actually buy a table to put our microphones on. <laughs> Instead of this kitchen chair. Um, if you want to send us an audio clip of your voice telling us what's real to you, what scares you, who's your black beard. Yeah. What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Send an audio file to, of course, none of this is real podcast at gmail.com. And I'll put it on the end of that thing. I'll put it on the end of that thing, y'all. Uh-huh, that thing you do. No, not again. <laughs> and the only other thing I really have to say is that you don't have to believe any of the stuff we just said. Yeah, it's like probably the best thing would be to not believe anything. That I, I'm going to speak for myself and go ahead and say just don't. 
believe that at all. But um, you probably should believe on yourself. Believe all over yourself. Please, guys, because we believe on you, and we love you, and we appreciate you. Goodbye. Bye. Already. Get out. Get out of my RV. (laughs) Josh, what is something that is real to you? Ambition. Oh, that's a good answer. Mm -hmm. I like it. Thank you.